This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Moving the Needle Podcast, where we ask, what moves you? Excellent or bogus? Did anyone do the right thing? Do you mess with the Zohan? With me tonight to discuss do the right thing, Rocky versus Creed. Childhood, guilty pleasures, a test of time, you don't mess with a Zohan, once upon a time in Hollywood, with me tonight is Stephanie, hello, Roy, hello, and Hanno, yo, we want to thank you for listening on iTunes, we're also available on Spotify, just about everywhere you can find podcasts, we are, so come on now, Google Let Play, us know. email us mtnpodcast at gmail.com or, or on facebook.com slash mtnpod twitter and tweet us at mtnpod there's so many ways to find us you're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast produced with podcasting gear from Tascam including the Tascam mini studio trust your audio to Tascam sound thinking Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode Wookie Radio. Exactly. <laughs> it is your host, the Smugglers Three, and that would be Derek, Society of All Society, whatever that means. I'll <laughs> take uh, the King of Bacons. Um and DJ Raspy Voice, aka Blackhawk himself. Ken, Hello. how you guys doing? Okay. Five. <laughs> I'm freezing my tuckus off. I know that feeling. How much snow did you get? Fifteen Ooh. when I got out when I left for work this morning. Fifteen Ooh. inches? No, fifteen. Fifteen degrees. Okay. Yeah, we've had that. How much snow did you get? Oh, I didn't get any snow. Oh wow. I got probably an inch and a half. Oh really? Wow. I contacted a friend of mine from where I graduated high school and they said uh yesterday morning, seven inches. That was in upstate New York. Uh, well yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, east, northeast of us got hit a lot harder up towards Buffalo and Erie, PA. Oh, We've only had three so far. We're like, uh, Elmira is like three, four hours from Buffalo. Yeah. But, Elmira. Oh, we did that all the time. <laughs> um, check out the homepage. 
wookieradio.net. I am at that stage. I got to get caught up again with the post. But I have gotten some other stuff on there, like solicits. And uh, I think I got something else up there as well. I don't remember. But there have been some postings, but I got to get caught up. Uh, I'm off work on Sunday when this episode should drop. So I may have some time then to uh, get some get some shows up. Because I got to do the same thing on the other two sites as well. <laughs> Just been crazy at work. Um, but on our homepage is our affiliates and our partners, like Heroes and Villains, who just released exclusive Mandalorian merch. I love oh, the cool. I love the lapel pin that they have. The Mandalorian walking. All right, I'm going to have to show you that. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Right there. Oh, nice. Yeah, cool. I love the T-shirts. I love how it's the Mandalorian skull with the, the Mandalorian walking out bottom. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And the helmeted shirt. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Almost looks like a Cylon with the red visor. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this stuff looks great. Um, so, yeah, check them out. Use the code SMUGGLERS for 15% off your first purchase. Woohoo! Uh, if you're in the Mandalorian mood as well, they have a Boba Fett lane. I do not see a regular Mandalorian. I'll tell you, they did a Mandalorian la- lanyard. I would probably go for that over Boba Fett. I'm, we're going to get into this more later, but I'm really digging the Mandalorian. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. I canceled my Disney Plus subscription because of... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What, you're going to pass up on Gargoyles? <laughs> I do actually want to watch Gargoyles. I don't know. I think he can pass Gargoyles, but he's not going to pass up on Jeff Goldblum's show, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. That's right. <laughs> the Baconator. I don't even care about sneakers, but I enjoyed the episode. <laughs> I was kind of cool. This episode um, takes place at the beginning of it in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, also, too, check out our web store. Winter is coming, if you hadn't heard. We got sweatshirts. Okay, it's here. Yeah, apparently. Um, got sweat hoodies, hats, knit hats, hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys, if you want baseball jerseys to wear over a turtleneck for that layered look. Uh, so check all that out as well. Um, thinking about offering a Wookiee Radio Black Series hat. Be a black hat with black lettering. That'd be interesting. So, so it'd be just the word mark, no uh, no logo. Not the full logo, just the word mark. It'd be black on black. Right. It'd be the black series. Okay. Okay. So, um, so yeah, check all that out. That's right there on the homepage. So, big week. Um, we're going to start off with resistance. Get that out of the way. As if that's <laughs> yeah, a did. bad thing. Go ahead, Ken. What were you going to say? That did kind of happen. I almost forgot what happened on the show because <laughs> everything else has happened. Um, so, after memory. <laughs> so, with StarWars.com, I thought this was an interesting episode. Again, you'll have to refresh my memory. <laughs> well, here's how we're going to refresh the memory. StarWars.com, buckets list of fun facts from from beneath Star Wars Resistance. So, um, in the second season, we see Kaz and his friends aboard the Colossus searching for the Resistance base, uh, but with the First Order always in pursuit, um, and the, tri- the troubles and tribulations that they go for that. Uh, number one, fuel for thought. Uh, apparently, the earliest outline of this episode began with the Colossus running out of fuel and coming stranded in the Tamu sector, which prompted the mission to Dragor. Um, in the final version, as we know, things are a little less dire. Yeah, we've already seen an entire movie about, um, or two movies all about fuel. It's like, they, they need to move on past problems with fuel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, number two, The Return of Yasms. Uh, and they show a picture of early concept art of a Yasm from Ralph McQuarrie for Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Uh, Did they ever make it to Jedi? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, before they but- were... They were originally dubbed Azos, the stilt-legged alien that Flix belongs to. Uh, orig- uh, before they were dubbed Gazos, the stilt-legged creatures were had a placeholder name of Juzums, a nod to the Yuzum creatures developed for Return of the Jedi. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. I think the I think I don't know. I have to I'll have to search for Yuzum. Yeah, I don't think these made it in. They kind of look yes, like they, um Yes, they did. Yuzum is that one as soon as you guys see this picture. He's the singer yep. who sings Jedi Rocks. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um not size noodles, um the other one. I'll show you right here. I totally this remember. This guy right him. here. Yep. He doesn't look anything like them. No, but this is what the inspiration was. Okay. Because the original Macquarie drawing is that. Or they're a right. little yeah. more bird-like. Well, actually a little furrier. But kind of, I kind of see the, no, this one's got a beak. So I can see how they went from that to, to more fur. Right. Or more feather feathering. So, um, number three, Flanks F. Tompkins. Uh, Flanks is voiced by acclaimed actor and comedian. Of course, an alumni of an alum of the Mister Show show, Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, he recorded oh. he recorded this role in summer of 2018, which <laughs> was around the time he appeared on the hundredth episode of the Star Wars show as a toy Yoda salesman. <laughs> Funny, like we haven't heard that one before. Um, number four, sneezing safely or sneezing safety in in the final episode or final look at the episode. A loose piece of heavy rubble prompts the elevator to free fall an earlier version had it cause potentially had a cause potentially even more dangerous from orca sneezing okay then, yeah it's a lot of these that they um have changed the script it's because it was something that was almost too silly yeah 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 and then the last one songbird i guess this would be kind of a nod back to uh returning the jedi a little bit with the yasm or yasms uh in the earlier cut flicks explained his dream of being a cantina singer in song thank god they didn't do that yeah, but ultimately, I mean, I would say I would say that would be the jump the shark moment, but the show's <laughs> the show's ending anyway, so what's it matter? Yeah. Uh, um, but ultimately, the episode ends with him saving the story for another time, but assuring us he has an impressive set of pipes. Oh no! Well, he has to have something to use those pipe cleaner legs then. True, true. Um, so I'm just trying to think. Um, that's pretty much for Star Wars news for the week, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we got the um stuff changing things on Disney Plus. I figure let's say they've made Lorian for the last. That's going to take almost the rest of the show. Oh. So let's talk Disney Plus stuff. Oh yeah, Disney Plus and Mandalorian. Uh, apparently, first day. Oh, that was <laughs> first day, 10 million subscribers at the end of the first day. That's pre-orders and everyone who's signed. I, was, I wonder how many of that was actually pre-ordered. I was pre-ordered. You. So, sorry. So, uh, let's start off with Disney Plus has announced missing Star Wars movie release date. Yes, there are Marvel release dates as well, but this is Star Wars, not Marvel. Uh, There's still two two movies that are not on there that need to be. True, true, true. Uh, so Disney Plus has officially launched in the U.S. and impressive library, I, I will That's say. Very. A couple things on there. I, it probably took me a half hour to take a look at everything. Oh, I know. 
I just spent the still didn't see everything. Yeah, I, I probably missed a bunch of stuff. Flipping through everything. Yeah. Um, now on the star on the Star Wars side of things, both the original and the prequel trilogies are available. Um, even with a change made in A New Hope, which we'll get to here in a bit. Yeah. Um, but some more recent additions, such as Last Jedi and Solo, are not available yet. Um, so here are the future release dates: Star Wars: Last Jedi. December 26th, 2018. Okay. Solo, a Star Wars... after it comes off Netflix. Uh, must be. And Solo, a Star Wars story, July 9th, 2020. That one's a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, well, like I, I said, thankfully, I own it and have a digital copy. Yeah. Well, also, both of these are still on Netflix right now. This is true. Right. Yeah. Uh, setting that aside, um, Star Wars has several live-action shows in development that will um, tie in with the movies. Mandalorian is out now uh, with its first episode and by the time which we're going to talk about episode one titled chapter one tonight uh, since chapter two doesn't release until Friday so we're we're kind of almost going to be a week behind with these because of when we record well uh, next week it'll be fine what's that it's just this week next week we'll be fine because uh, this week um, well no because uh, chapter Wait. three won't be out before it'll be, well, out. Actually, it'll be out after we've recorded but before the episode drops yeah so um, so yeah that's what we have there it's those two are coming at that stage Exactly. What was that? <laughs> Sound like you hitting your springs or somebody hitting springs on their mic. That may Next have thing. been me bumping. Um, now, going back to A New Hope, uh, or as we prefer to call it, Star Wars. <laughs> okay, I won't speak for you guys. I know I prefer to call it Star Wars. For me, as far back as I can remember, it's always been A New Hope. Youngin. I'm okay with calling it A New Hope. I call it a new hope only because a lot of people don't know what I mean when I say Star Wars. They think that I'm referring to the whole franchise. Exactly. Yeah. But um, the launch of Disney Plus has reopened an old wound in the Star world of Star Wars fandom. The good news: the service has every Star Wars movie available except for the two, and they're available to stream in 4K up to 4K. Uh, the bad news, a version of A New Hope features yet another perplexing change to the famous scene between Han Solo and Greedo. And the editing on it, have you guys watched this change yet? No. no. Yeah, um, well, hang on, let me see here. And, this, guess, and guess what? Twitter post you may play it. That change was made by none other than George Lucas. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, in the original version, which was released simply as Star Wars in 1977, only to be given I'm the... Sorry, I must read Iterate um, in the in the correct version. In the proper version. Yes. <laughs> um, only it was only given the subtitle later. I think when it was released on video for the on home video for the first time is when a new hope after was added to one it. of the. I thought they had that on there for one of the re-releases. Mm, no, when it showed in the theater, it wasn't until it hit home home video that it, a new hope was added to the to the text. It was still never added to the title, but it was added to the to the crawl um, but you know in the original Han Solo is the only one who shoots and he shoots Greedo dead mm-hmm. gone kaput thud on the table uh, and this was after Greedo was sent to collect on a bounty put on his head by Jabba the Hutt ah here we go it was one of the re-releases it says um, that, that was added to the opening crawl for the um, 1981 the April of 81 re- theatrical re-release okay I think it already come out on home video at that though I don't know 
I don't remember. That was so long ago. Yeah. So, in the 1997 special editions, Lucas made it to where Greedo also shoots, Mm -hmm. missing just from several feet away. He must have gone through the Imperial Academy to know as a stormtrooper. (laughs) I don't know if the helmet would fit. (laughs) Um, He was a scarif trooper (laughs) with that forward slant on those helmets. Um, This, for many, had ruined the the scene by prompting the, the saying... And later the hashtag on shot. Yes, we all know that one. Well, as it turns out, seven years ago, around the time he sold Lucasfilm to Disney, George added one last change to the scene. He pointed out, uh, as has been pointed out by quite a few fans on Twitter, Greedo shouts the word McClunky before falling <laughs> over dead. Now I got to watch it. Yeah. That's not the weirdest part of this whole thing. Really? Yeah. The, the edit on it is weird. They've added something in there that it just, it jumps weird. Yeah. Really? Huh. And they retimed the shots again. That's probably in here, though. Uh. Now, for whatever, while the reason for Greedo shooting first hasn't, you know, completely been revealed, whereas I thought it was discussed that he did it because Han Solo is the hero or is a hero and he wouldn't have shot and and heroes don't shoot first in that type of situation. Well, at the time, he wasn't a hero. He was a smuggler. He was the reluctant hero. Right. Didn't know he was going to be a hero. He was surviving. Yeah. I would fully expect him to shoot in cold blood to save himself. That's a whole, he was a smuggler. That's a whole gunslinger attitude. Yeah. And that's what the scound that's what smugglers and scoundrels are. Kind of gunslinger. Well, that's like um what's his name? Um Rogue One. Um now I'm drawing a blank. The spy. Um Cassian Andor. He shoots the one guy dead in the back in cold blood. Yeah. Right. Uh, this guy's supposed to be the hero one of the heroes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's a spy and that's what spies do. Right. So, um at this point in time, there's no telling what McClunky means or why Lucas felt he needed to make this change. <laughs> I don't remember what it means, but it actually, um, RFR, Rebel Force Radio, actually did an after show. And one of the people in the chat actually brought it up. Saboba actually says that in episode one. And it's like, I'll get you next time or something like that. I forget what it is. Something like that. Saboba actually does say it in episode one. So it's something we have heard in Hutties before. Okay. Really? Yeah. Now I'm going to have to go back and take a look at the end of that. Um, so now there is some hope that Disney would restore the original cuts and release them in order to uh, profit from the hardcore fans who, yes, I would shell out for HD versions of, for Blu-rays of the original. Really? Yeah. yeah. But that's me. Well, this um, article has bit, um, another mistake here. It talks about how um, when George made the changes in 97, you've been unable to get the original versions, but they were put out on, was it, 2006 DVD copies had the original versions on them as a bonus thing, if I remember right. But they weren't the true originals? They, they were the original VHS, or the Laserdisc ones from the early 90s. Right. But they were still third, well, not still special the, edition. It was still, but he only did the, the 2.0 surround, or 2.0 audio. Yeah, but I'm saying here, the article here has it that you've not been able to get it since um, their special editions. It's like, no, you can still get it. You just got to find the right DVD copy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still have the original VHSs, so I'm fine. I'm good. I got it. <laughs> I, I have a copy of Chess, but I, I don't know where they're at, but I have them DVD and Blu-ray. And I have, the, yeah. I have two copies of the special edition on Blu-ray on DVD because I got the ones with their original release. I have why, the actual, why over here, I? I have actual CBS Fox versions of Empire and Jedi, and I have Star Wars somewhere. I got to find it. I think I have the CBS Fox versions of uh, of the original trilogy, but it's the remastered 
audio because it's the one well, this where is this is the one uh the ones i have have uh the black cases one's got yoda a stormtrooper and vader as the covers yeah yeah it's like now i haven't watched the movies yet on disney plus but I read somewhere that I guess they were they put the Fox fanfare back in the beginning. Yes, they did. Awesome. Oh. That's awesome. Well, since oh. it's now the symphony. Yeah. yeah, here's the one. Like, I love what we That's not the version. Of that. But this mine, is the original, I believe. But mine, mine still have uh, CBS Fox. So, yeah, this one says 84 for Empire and 86 for Jedi. Okay. So, and I have the original New Hope somewhere, too. I just don't have it sitting right here beside me. I got these at the flea market for a buck each. A friend of mine gave me the uh, special edition Blu-rays. Nice. Um Okay, one person, I'm loving from this story, all the, they put up all the different tweets about the McClunky. I think this one's the best so far. McClunky was the name Rito's childhood sled. (laughs) (laughs) Video um, on the first tweet that they have on here, you can actually watch the video of the new cut. You can see there's a weird um, jump in the edit. It's about Uh, a 15 second clip. Patton Oswalt. Looks like the seed money that McCulky Toilet Pucks gave to Disney Plus is really paying off. Yeah. But the funny the funny thing is no, there's no translation on what it is. So and I don't think there was with the when Sebulba said it either. No, there's a, there's a translation. I got to hang on, I'll start looking at I'll look it up and find it real quick. Uh I don't remember exactly what it was. Okay, here's here's another good one. If you paid attention to the extended Star Wars canon, you would know that McClunky is Greedo's partner who was one week from retirement when Han killed him. The line <laughs> is a stev- devastating rebuke. Uh, another person. I keep imagining Filoni cruising into the office this morning. Big smile. Hey, gang. How was the reaction? Pretty good? Wait, what's McClunky? <laughs> you know, it is his film, so he has the rights. Yes, he does. And this is one of those we'll never know. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was a bet between years of, bet you can't do one last change. It's just going <laughs> to drive the fans nuts. Some nonsense change. Okay. Here, I got one here. It's actually a tweet, but um, this is the one I heard it also. It was uh, um, someone named Brian Young at Swank Motion put up that also the word McClunky or however it's spelled was used by Sebulba. His satis is a little rusty, but roughly translated. It means this will be the end of you. Okay. Well, you know what? So, McClunky? Yes, that's going to be the end of this story. Yeah. Now, Disney yep. Plus. McClunky story anyway. See, they did all that, but they still left that really terrible looking Jabba from um, A New Hope. Yeah. They did not touch that up or try to make it look any better. And the whole Han being jerky when he steps over J- Jabba's tail. Yeah. That's still I wish they just left that scene out. Yeah. Either that or figure a better way to do it. At this point, the way digital tech works, they could take Han totally out of that and make him walk in a totally different place. Well, not only that, but there was no point to the whole scene. Or they could have gone back to the original actor and and (laughs) did some ADR and had him say something else like he's representing Jabba. Mm. Or even even gotten Harrison in to do some quick ADR to, to change it to you tell Jabba. Yeah. But then you have two scenes of him of Jabba sending a flunky. So right, Who, who's to say he didn't he didn't send a mass thing out going go get him? I mean, we oh know, he did. We, there was a price on it, right? But we also know too from uh, the first issue of Galaxy's Edge, the Galaxy's Edge comic, that Jabba. No, there's an issue. Maybe it's issue three. Actually, no, it's an issue two. In issue two, is a story about Greedo doing something with Black Spire Outpost, looking for a bounty oh, yeah. or something. 
goes back to Java and says, well, I got another mission for you. And it's basically a go hunt down Han. But there's nothing that says he didn't send that mission out to other bounty hunters as well. So when he kills Greedo, who's to say that the other this other guy who might have been who originally was Jabba in the before cut from the film isn't another bounty hunter himself if they had redone it right with ADR that's audio dialogue replacement for those who don't know the term gone in with ADR and turned it into another bounty hunter scene yeah yeah possibly because doesn't because really all that takes place before Greedo is shot yes Yes. What, is all the stuff hanger? No, the hanger is after Greedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jabba tells him, asks him, why did you have to shoot uh, Fry Greedo? Yeah. Well, it still could have been spun that same. Way. Yeah, they'd have had to change a lot of Han's dialogue because Han also t- tells him that. Um, if you want to tell tell me something, Jabba, send, come yourself. Don't send one of these boys. Yeah. So they'd have totally changed the scene. Uh, they should just take it out. Yeah. It's yeah. not needed, but it's just a cool way to see Jabba. Or the idea, I think, originally was just a cool way to see Jabba and uh, Boba Fett and The New Hope. Sure. It could have been. Now, along, awkward. along with uh, the movies being released uh, this past Tuesday, the 12th, uh, so it was a lot of exclusive materials, such as the back, uh, such as rare, unseen, deleted scenes for each film. Yeah. Now, yeah. while there have been bootleg versions tucked away on the internet for years, um, and I will say beyond that, Lucasfilm released the deleted scenes once before, if you remember the CD-ROM behind the magic yeah. yeah well also they're all on the blu-ray um release right the yeah. have all of these yep what's cool that, they, that it's here though there are and actually if you watch most of the disney plus shows out there have some kind of bonus features on it even if it's a trailer or a behind the scenes or something almost everything's got something there yeah. right yeah yeah i'm hoping we get more with the mandalorian but yeah because yeah. right now it's just trailer. a trailer yeah uh, maybe when it, after it's done the yeah. seasons they'll do like a behind the scenes or something yeah now let's start off with 1977's Star Wars. Uh, first, we get a combination of smaller, isolated moments. Uh, we get two deleted scenes. Uh, an isolated moment between Luke and his antics on Tatooine before he met Obi-Wan, uh, which was pulled into the wider story. Uh, so we see the, the the very much remembered, because it was in the comics, and it was told so detailed in the book, um, about Tashi Station. Yes. Um, scene also gives us further insight to his friendship with who we know at the point at this point um, former Imperial Academy Naval Academy pilot Biggs who is trying to convert Luke into the rebellion I remember the scene right no he's just trying to convert till till Luke needs to get off planet yeah well he's telling Luke he wanted to make sure he um, if I remember right he wanted to make sure that someone knew what he was planning on doing he was planning on jumping ship at the next port to to find the rebellion so he wanted Luke to know what's going on in case he uh, he disappears so that Luke could tell everybody what happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, the second scene was a rough cut of the cantina, um, which features Han Solo hanging out with his lady friend before Luke and Obi-Wan approach ramp his style. Scandalous. Um, scoundrel with some action. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene is clearly unfinished and has not been dubbed, so you hear the actor speaking English other than alien languages. Okay. Um, the scene also rectifies one of the 
the most controversial changes of Hans shooting Greedo. Uh, rather than continue the 1977 or 1997 retcon, having Greedo shot first, this new addition takes the scenario back to where it should be with Hans shooting Greedo in cold blood before the bounty hunter can pull the trick. So, um, now moving into the 80s with Empire Strikes Back, we get the that's roll- the only two that's all because, um, I'm looking at it right now on the Disney Plus, and a New Hope has five deleted scenes according to this one, right? Actually, on Disney Plus, oh, wow. they have all different ones, I believe, because they have the alternate Han and or um, Luke and Biggs from the hangar, okay, when uh, finds him when he gets out of the X Wing. Uh, it brews blue milk is one of them. The rough cut is there. The uh, deleted scene of the searching for R2D2 in the and then Tashi Station. Hmm. Okay. Well, this, this story from Movie Web is complete. So let's head over to Empire Strikes Back <laughs> and we'll correct whatever they're missing here. Um, yeah. We get the a romantic scene between Luke and Leia on Hoth following his uh, run-in with the Wampa. Gross. During his recovery, he's about to tell Leia that he has feelings for her before R2 and C-3PO interrupt and cramp his his style. Family loving. Um, of course, at the time, this scene would have made sense because no one knew that Luke and Leia were siblings. Including George Lucas. Uh, no, I think he does because I think that's why there's the reference to, no, there's another. I think he put that in there because he knew someone was going to be in it. I don't know if he made the decision yet. It, it seems like it because they're, they're, you know, we never noticed it then, but not until after we see Return of the Jedi that that whole sequence when Luke's hanging from the vein, he's reaching out for Obi-Wan. No. Nothing. Yeah. And he reaches out to Leia, and then she responds, Luke, as if she's felt him. Do we understand? She's got some force abilities here. Yeah. So that was one of those Easter eggs that was put there in plain sight that a lot of people did not get of who's the next one? Who's the who's the yeah. another? With a lot of people thinking it was Han Solo. Yeah. So that's why he was so adamant about the hokey religion and anti-Jedis, because he was one. But if that was the case, how come Obi-Wan didn't recognize that in the in a new um, so there's also a alternative cut of Han and Leia's kiss on the Falcon before it's cut short by Cthulhu. And then in Return of the Jedi... Okay, so we, we've got those two. How many deleted scenes does Disney Plus say there is for Empire? I, yeah, I've been flipping through all the movies so far, and uh, as of right now, all six of the original ones have five deleted scenes plus a trailer. Hmm. I almost feel like the story is almost <laughs> worthless at this point. Yeah, they all have either a deleted scene or uh, um alternate take, and there's five of them plus a trailer on all these. Wait a minute, let me check. Yeah, all the for the original two trilogies, they have um that in there. Uh, let me check The Force Awakens and see what it's got. If they keep on track with that stuff, it should be about the five. Yeah. Now, trailer. with Return of the Jedi, we have uh, a scene where Commander Jer Gerard is shown having doubts about following the questionable orders from Palpatine to blow up the Endor moon, uh, despite there still being several battalions down there. Emperor didn't care. Sacrifice. The troops. Yeah. Just They're pawns. They're all pawns in this thing that we call life. Quote, Alex Karras, Mongol, Blazing Saddles. Paraphrase. Um, there's also a scene where we're shown Luke building his green lightsaber before he goes into Jabba's palace. Yeah, the famous sandstorm scene. Mm. Uh, which answers just where on Tatooine that lightsaber came from. But here's the funny thing. When this was talked about at Celebration 6 in Orlando, just 2012, when the Blu-rays came out. Is that when they came out, 20, 2012? Sounds about right. Is it either 2010 or 2012? Yeah, it had to been 2012. Um, Mark Hamill adamantly denies ever filming that scene. Hmm. 
I don't know how that yeah. hat is. And he's saying it's not. He's saying it's not. Was it a stunt double? <laughs> I'd have been. Because realistically, you never see his eye. I don't think you see his eyes. Because mm. he's got the hood over his head. Mm. So, um, at this point in time, let's head into the final story before we get into our subject matter at hand. Yeah, we're not going to have time to get into Mandalorian if we don't do, get there quick. Oh, this will be quick. Was Boba Fett in the Mandalorian premiere? I don't see. I see what they're show- looking at. I don't know if that's actually supposed to be Boba Fett or just armor that looks very much like his. I think it's just armor that looks like, it's like his. It is. I don't think that's him. Because, I don't know, it looks like there's a rangefinder above his head, but I don't know. So, um, apparently, rough, uh, halfway through the through chapter one, uh, Mando, who is still nameless, cuts a deal for a mysterious bounty with Warren, Warner Herzog's character, who also remains nameless for the time being. Um, but as part of the down payment, Pat, uh, Mando ends with some Besker steel, which is important to Mandalorian culture. When he then has to see an ally in a seedy den um, devoted just to Mando, Lorians. Here's where we see our first official glimpse. It's here where we may be seeing our first official glimpse of Boba Fett post returning the Jedi. Um, they're saying around the 1831 mark of the episode, we see a figure standing in the doorway to the right of the screen, who, upon closer inspection, looks an awful lot like Boba Fett. He's missing his yellow shoulder pads. But it's a dark lit scene and it's tough out. Um, even further, it could be that Favreau and Filoni intentionally put it in there just to make the fans speculate. No. See, put a lot more faith in that. Yeah. <laughs> through the years, getting to know Dave Filoni on different shows and uh, through interviews and seeing all this. Uh, yeah. This more than likely was him messing with the fans some. I, I personally do not think this is, this is fit. No, I don't think so either. Because despite the shoulder, it, the rest of it doesn't look right. The helmet looks right, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can I can see where people would get that idea. But on the other side of it, though, we don't know how much damage it took when it, while he was in the Sarlacc. Right. It's true. Um, well, but we do see, like, well, at, at this point in time, let's just go ahead and jump into Mandalorian talk. Yeah. We just want to say we're right here for the moment, then we'll go back and go through the whole thing. Well, this, this has got some stuff in it, though, I think we should cover. Like the the flashback. Yeah. Are we, so are we doing spoilers or? Oh, yeah. We're going to have to spoil no, everything on spoil. this. At this point in time, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen chapter one, pause here. Come back after you've seen it. Yeah. yeah by the time this episode comes out and everything, yeah, you should have seen it by now. If you're on Sorcerer Radio, go ahead and turn away. Come back at 8 o'clock and listen to my conference. Yes. So <laughs> Thank uh, you for hanging out. Check us out wikiradio.net or .com. No, no, .net, net. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> .net, .com, .edu, .tv. Try them all. <laughs> uh, None of them will work. So, Mandalorian. I loved the opening sequence. Yes. Yes. Uh, as I've said on my video yesterday, yeah, yesterday, uh, on Tuesday, on Twitter, having seen most of that in the in the trailers. Yeah. Um, the, the, the end result of the guy of Squid Face being brought back through the door is exactly what I was hoping was going to happen. <laughs> and I do like how they kept it a PG rating by um, cutting away and then you just kind of see a foot hit the ground. Well, you see the legs hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Don't actually yeah. see the happened. Yeah, which I thought was this perfect. Has a TG rating. Yeah, yeah, and I which love is awesome. It. It seems the modern uh, the modern streaming shows all of them have TVMA for some reason. Like you can't make a show without having all the extra in there. Yeah, well, apparently you can because Disney's done. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, is Disney? 
So I love to, we get to see the long rifle in action right away. And those forks yeah. are stun. It's like stun guns. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, um, I loved how we saw Bert from Big Bang Theory as the land speeder pilot. Yeah. Brian Posehn. Yeah. That was awesome. I guess the guy who played that blue alien in the very beginning was actually also another comedian. It's Bill a guy Burr? from like five. No. The guy who played the blue one. Uh, that's uh, the first bounty. It's Bill hmm. Burr. No, 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 no. It was someone else. Hang on. Give me a minute. I'll look him up. Uh, that's not Bill Burr. Who was Bill Burr? Give me a minute. Got to get IMDb working. Mandalorian. But I love how Brian Posehn's character is, I would say, get off the ice or stay off the ice. He drives off. Mm. Yeah. Comes back to the blue dude. Goes, comes back to the speeder. Comes back to the blue dude. Comes back to the speeder getting chewed up. Yeah. No. Oops. Um. Mithril, which was the blue guy. It was Mithril. Um, it sounds kind of like Mithril, doesn't it? Yeah. But that's Horatio Sands. Oh, right. So he uh, let me tell Bill Burr. It just says Bill Burr. It doesn't even say what his character was. Yeah. But then again, on red, it does, I'm looking at the cast list for episode one, and they have like Gina Carano, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Those guys, they were not in the episode I mean, at all. Gwen was listed too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fennec, yeah, she's not in it. Fennec Shand. Yeah. So I guess let's continue on. So we go from them taking off, and uh, you said Menthol? What was his name? Uh, Mithral. Mithral. Menthol. <laughs> Menthol. <laughs> well, I, heard, I heard it that, um, I guess, so Supposedly, Dave Filoni's wife and Dave Filoni are big fans of Lord of the Rings. So there's a chance that this is actually a reference back to Lord of the Rings. Okay. Well, I love he goes looking for a, a uh, back tube. Back tube. So you could. Yeah, at least it wasn't a fresher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Refreshers are on land. Back tubes are in space. Yeah. Um, and he starts probing the hull or the, the bay area of the Razor's Edge, a Razor's Crest, and uh, opens up the one uh, weapons cabinet. Mm-hmm. And why does he close it? He's a prisoner. <laughs> True. I, w- I would have pulled it out. I was like, well, we're going to end the show now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, then he, then next, he, he starts talking about Life Day. Life Day <laughs> now has become canon. <laughs> and it's not just a Wookiee thing. It's a galaxy. Mm. Right. Which is cool. Uh, and then as he's looking at all the carbonite, people frozen in the carbonite, he steps back and says, I don't think I'm going to make it. All of a sudden, Mandalorian, right there, like the killer in a Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, no, you won't. And then throws him into a carbonite freezing chamber on the ship. Yep. That's a much smaller cool was that? Too. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. This was. is smaller than what we've seen before on Cloud City. Someone's uh, made this a much more compact version. Well, technically, we don't actually know the size of the one on Cloud City. True. Because he put, he, they put Han down, down, you know, like a big, um, tube thing, yeah. but the actual carbonite freezing thing might have been small inside that. See, with the ship, it's like, okay, there's a there's a framework that's already set. Boom. Frozen, and you're already within the, the framework. How does that happen in in the mo- in Empire? Does it, as he's being frozen, does it slide through him, and does it get underneath his feet? Oh, no. What's that? Yeah, maybe, well, maybe it's dropped in, and then it, it comes like out from the wall or something who knows you know i always thought it was like um it was the um the carbonite slab is what's inside of that frame the frame just keeps it frozen so they like slide the slab into the after it's done yeah maybe maybe quite possibly so um so from there uh we go to this new planet and he meets up with um carl weathers carl weathers and he goes so basically makes the comment that was quick 
Did you get them all? I'm going to let one of you guys continue while as you, that bark hurt. You heard. Dogs got to go outside. So someone pick ah, up from here. Go ahead, Derek. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm going to have to pull this from memory now. So, <laughs> yeah, so he goes to Carl Weathers. He gives him the... the um, the key fobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think they call them fobs. The tracking fobs. Yeah. For everybody that he had in his hold in Carbonite. Um, and then Carl Weathers goes to pay him in Imperial credits, which he's not too happy about because Imperial yeah. credits are no good anymore. Hey, it sounds just like Watto. Republic credits? The Republic credits are no good here. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Imperial credits, none of them are any good. So then he pays him. Really uh, the same. If you think about it, Republic credits and Imperial credits are the same thing. It's oh, just yeah. from one to the other. Right, yeah. So, you know, they would have to put the Imperial symbol on instead of the uh-huh. Republic symbol. So then he gives him another payment, but he can only pay him half. And then he he pulls out a bunch of a couple of um, um, they call them pucks, right? Yeah, yeah, bounty pucks. Yeah, and the Mandalorian wants to do them all, but Carl Weathers says, "Oh, we, we can't do them all because this is all I got. So, and I got to save some for other guys." Yeah, and I love the comment. So you're slow? No, quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder how long the uh, Mandalorian's actually been part of the Bounty Hunters Guild. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like he's um doesn't realize that this is actually normal. You only get one or two at a time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's new to it. And it seems like Carl Weathers' character actually is um surprised by how fast the Mandalorian actually um got his bounties. So yeah. this sounds like it's a new relationship. Yeah, yeah, I got that impression. All right, back to you, Mike. Uh, actually, I'm going to turn it over again. Let him take over ah, a little bit. Okay. Well, from there, we find that um, he's like, fine, If I can't give you all these, but there is another bounty, but it's a face-to-face thing. You have to actually go see the guy who wants to get the bounty. Yeah. And with, we leave the planet again, which in this, you notice, there's no names for any of the planets. Yeah, I did yeah. notice that. Most of the times, we're um, in the original movies or even the newer uh, Rogue One and things, Rogue One and uh, things like that, they actually put it up on screen what the planet was. Right, but yeah. in old saga movies, they would at least tell you somewhere what the name of the planet was. Mm. So it's weird that um, we don't know the names of any of these planets. Yeah. So, but well, um, I, I no way. Yeah. It, well, they could substitute for anywhere. It could be any planet we've ever seen or something we haven't. It's true. So, but from here, he goes and meets Werner Herzog's character. Yes. Is it me or does it seem like he may be like a former Imperial general or, or Imperial governor or something? Something like that. I, yeah. I don't know. Because to me, I, I was questioning, are those guys really stormtroopers or are they just hired security that happened to come across stormtrooper arm? They look pretty beat up. The armor was pretty beat up. But yeah. then again, this is about five years after Return of the Jedi. If they've not had a chance to actually get to somewhere to get the armor fixed, mm, all right. So they've lost the support system. Yeah. Then it makes a lot uh, look um, snappy. <laughs> so, but um, that scene was cool though. That was a good scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Herzog offers the Mandalorian. Um, I need you to pick up this bounty. There's no puck. There's no information. I can tell you where the last time we saw them was. And pretty much that's it. A little bit of info about what the, who this bounty is. It's 50 years old, and that's about it. And then you find out Herzog wants the bounty dead or alive, but he's working with this Imperial doctor mm-hmm. who's 
Uh, I want I want this one alive. <laughs> really wasn't an imperial doctor. Well, he you was look- dressed as a scientist or doctor. Okay, that may be possible. But did you notice, very- did you notice the patch on his shoulder? Uh-uh. Clone facility. The same uh-huh. cl- same logo from Camino. Oh right. Part. But I did notice that it's the um, almost the exact same uniform as um, in Rogue One. Um, Jin's dad. Yeah. It was almost the same uniform he was wearing at the Stardust Research Facility. Right. Right. So it is an Imperial researcher or scientist uniform. Did you recognize the actor who played him? No, not top of my head. Kind of familiar? How about the Game Master from first Hunger Games? Oh, I didn't see Hunger Games. Okay. I've seen it like once or twice, and that's it. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. But from there, he's sent off, and they, uh, but part of his payment up front was he gets a slab of the Beskar steel, which have we heard of Beskar steel before this? Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, I picked up on it right away that it was something special, obviously. And then we find out later that it actually is uh, basically what true Mandalorian armor is made out of. Yeah, so I'm assuming this is Clone Wars, probably. I want to say it was touched on in Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. I say, because more than likely Filoni had it in the Clone Wars somewhere and all of his Mando stuff, they did, they did in that, too. Yeah. So from there, though, he's got to go do this bounty, but he's got this Besker steel now. So he takes it to something we never thought anybody would ever see. It looks like it's a Mandalorian guild hall or something. Yes. And that's where we see po- the possibility of Boba Fett in the background. And um, when he went into the armor, did you guys pick up right away that she- it was a woman? Yeah. Yes. I, I caught it immediately Wait. as soon as you saw the helmet. Yeah, but the armor didn't really look different than a man's armor, which is what they've done in Star Wars so far. They have the same armor from the outside. Right. The helmet, the helmet did you notice what the what it looked like? It looks very much like Bo-Katan's helmet. Mm. Sort of, but added horns and more of a gladiatorial uh, nose divide. Yeah, but it's still got like the owl eyes and stuff like that to it. Um, it almost not, but it almost sounds like Katie Sackhoff too. If if you pay attention to all images we've seen of Mandalorians, be it Clone Wars, be it Rebels, be it now the Mandalorian, the men have the T-bar visor. Yeah, the women have the night owl visor. Okay, Sabine has it. Okatan has it. Sabine's mom has it. Every female scene has it. So yeah. that's the easiest way to tell the difference between a female and a male is males will have straight T-bar, females will have the night owl. Mm. Now, the armor could, could be the same. It's the helmet. Why? Yeah. I don't know. When you ask Pablo Hidalgo, why? Maybe so that it was male or female? That, that's <laughs> yeah. not the only way it could be done. So. so I'm actually, I have this running in the background. So I go, I'm watching what's going on while we're while we're talking about this. And it's interesting, though, but as he's walking through this guild hall or whatever it's called, they um you also see a bunch of Mandalorian children running around with their helmets on already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of sweet. That was awesome. But we do get to see the armorer, and she's all excited when he has that Besker steel. And she asks him if he's actually um, got his signet yet. So he doesn't have a family crest or a clan crest yet at all. Right. He says he hasn't. But she does make him a shoulder pauldron, and the rest of the Besker, what was left, would be added to the um, to the clan or to the... Um, Whatever the pool is of what she has to use for others. Right. So he got the best of it, and then the any leftover got added back to the collective. The other thing, the other thing that was um, interesting and kind of cool is she she still they still do like kind of more traditional blacksmithing. Yes. Instead of like some kind of modern thing with like lasers or something or you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's still using an anvil, anvil and a hammer. Yeah. So, 
But this was um, that was awesome. From there, she makes him a shoulder pauldron that adds right on to his um, what he already had. Yep. Then we from here though, as she's forging, you get to see some flashbacks of his childhood, which goes back to the clone Clone Wars period. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we do see it looks like uh, some uh, droid armies actually attacking his village or something. This is where we see the super super droids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's in the, the see the super battle droids. It's a very quick blink and you miss it sec like half yeah. second moment yeah. yeah because it goes through this pretty quick you got to basically do a slow motion or a uh, frame by frame mm. Yeah. So, but we get to see a little bit of his background. Then you get back to the ship, and he's flying to another world. And this one's another one that looks like Tatooine, but probably is not, because every ship in, or every planet in the galaxy is um, looks like Tatooine, but is not. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be the most common type of planet out there. Yeah. But it, he lands on the planet because he's going after this bounty, and he's immediately attacked by two blurgs, <laughs> which are taken out, to, and he is saved by an Ugnot riding another blurg. Yeah. These things got to be like everywhere. On this world, and that and that's Nick uh, Nolte. Yep. Yes. Now here, here's my question. Now that we've been introduced, Blurgs, how long before at Black Spire Outpost, aka Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, are we going to get um, cheese blurgers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and what did y'all think about the the monkey being put on, <laughs> roasted on the spit? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. And then another one watching it. Yeah, and it's crying. Hmm. But yep, you're next, dude. <laughs> there's there's all kinds of cool stuff in the background. Yeah, that's why I want to. I gotta go back and read, watch through this again. Yeah. So I mean, I've seen it three times, and I'm still picking up new stuff, and I'm catching new Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but we did. Well, go ahead. I was gonna say, up, Mike. Huh? Why don't you pick it up from here? Well, we we get to the point of um, Cole, which I believe is the name of the Ugnaught, which what they tell us on IMDb and what they've said in the promo and, and all the pressers. Um, but his name's still not mentioned mm. by by any character. Um, he tells the Mandalorian that you need to ride the Blurg. And so he does the training or tries to do a quick training. He goes, I can't do this. Yeah, land speeder or speeder bike like a rent. And then he comes back going, well, you, you could ride, you know, your people have ridden Mythos Dragons should be able to do this, which I believe is a reference back to the holiday special with Boba Fett with what he I was writing. So. so then we see him become a blurred whisperer. Makes me wonder because <laughs> the way that happened kind of reminded me of when Ezra took control of an animal in Rebels. So it makes yeah. me want makes me wonder is Mandalorians they may not be for true force users unless there is a one with a high enough midichlorian count which I can't believe I just said that <laughs> but could when it comes to animals could the Mandalorians have a force ability to act like a, a horse whisperer so to speak to make it where they could they could ride any mount that they see yeah it's possible yeah. I'm sure there are Mandalorian Jedi somewhere there have been oh, in the I'm, past. I'm sure there is but I'm Thinking the whole you know, this is the whole animal whisper thing could be could be done to say it's um, almost a force ability that all Mandalorians have. And it's the only force ability that they have. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Well, I do like how um, the way the Nick Nolte character, the Ugnot here, talks, and when he finishes, like I have spoken, and that's it. There's no more arguing. There's yeah. nothing afterwards. I have spoken. and walks away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of my one of my friends texted me and said, "I tried to use I have spoken at home, but my wife wasn't buying it." <laughs> 
So um, from there, we get to the village that uh, that everyone you know, where the bounty is held. And Did you see what type of those were? They were, what? they were Nikitos, right? Nikitos. Nikitos. Just like um, yes, yeah. Resistance. Yeah. So, um, so they get to the village. Uh, he sees the the Nikitos. Then all of a sudden, he hears this voice. <laughs> um, and you know, with with that, the voice is, as he put it, a bounty bounty hunter droid. And this droid is being all formal and whatnot. But we get to see it in full action. Yes. This was so cool. Oh, it was amazing. First time um, to ever see it in action live. Yeah. We've seen it in the Clone Wars, but yeah. But here, here's here's the issue I have with it. He was way too quick to want to um, go into self destruct. <laughs> well, you got to think he's working off his straight programming. So yeah. out of nowhere, his uh, programming no. is um, self. Um, what you call it? Um, self protection. It is get the bounty. Or don't get caught. Right. That's the two yeah. When the bounty was not on the table, okay, don't get caught. Blow yourself up. Yep. Yeah. It's not, it seems like, I mean, this droid talks and stuff, but it obviously doesn't have the same um, self-preservation or just self-awareness, it seems, of like a um, C-3PO or an R2-D2 or even um, K-2SO. Yeah. And I got to admit, there was there was a part of me that wanted to see a a, a team up, you know, have the rest of the show be the two of them, the Mandalorian and the droid together. Well, yeah, there still could be. I so, suppose. So what we what we have going on is we have the whole battle. We have the Mandalorian and IG Eleven, who again no name is given, um, going for the same bounty. So they take out all the Nictos that are guardian guarding the bounty. They get through the final door using the cannon, which that was a great scene as well. Yes, let's yeah. hop on and spin around because it's <laughs> a hover it's on hover pad. Um, they use it, blast this door down. They get to this bounty. There's this like egg thing. They open it up now how quickly before you actually see what's in it did you did you guys figure out what what it probably was no it wasn't until the reveal yeah i was thinking originally that it was something like a uh, just a small person like um that general from the clone wars remember that little guy that yeah. was inside the droid or or it could have been the oh. new or it could have been the new guy from um that works on c3po and rise of skywalker yeah I can't but then his name. yeah what me cool. what got it for me it was right before right before they moved the blankets and stuff they say how um the target's supposed to be 50 years old already. That's when yeah. it clicked, wait a minute. And then, sure enough, they move the blanket, and you see what's inside there. It looks well, like a baby. What happened to me, unfortunately, is somebody had posted an image, that image, on Facebook without saying anything other than it was in The, the Mandalorian, so I knew oh. that's, yeah. Yeah, I heard about that, that it was spoiled everywhere. That people were, like, um, some of the uh, actual news websites were running that as the picture and the title of, hey, check out what's in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I think that's kind of something of what happened to me. And I was like, oh, yeah. I had Zoe ask. Straight up, is, is the bounty. Is that, <laughs> is that Yoda reborn? I'm like, no, because this takes place too too soon after Yoda dies. Mm. She's another the only one. Theory, though. Oh, I, I agree. I heard that theory i've also heard possibly a clone of yoda which would make sense with with with, with the, the doctor from the cloning facility, scientist from cloning right. facility an imperial cloning facility why imagine if um the emperor could have had a clone of yoda with all the force power and ability oh yeah rise of skywalker's not here yet mm. 
It's a good tie-in. But I loved how IG-11 turns around to you know, talk about how they age different. They can live for, for decades. Yeah. Or, or something like that. But he goes, but we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> and the Mandalorian goes, I thought we were supposed to take him alive. Because no, the contract's the form dead. So now we know who wrote which contract. Herzog probably wrote the one IG-11 has. Whereas Herzog and the Doctor had the one that the Mandalorian has. Right. Uh, I'm thinking it's two two different people looking for the contract, put this contract mm, yeah. out. Yeah. And that they're not, that IG-11 and the Mandalorian are not part of the same guild, bounty hunters. Mm. Because there can be multiple bounty hunters. There could be. So, um, but then you hear that, that famous pistol shot, which I love how his pistol sounds just like pistols of Jingo Fett. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a gorgeous sound to hear. And all of a sudden, IG-11 drops to the ground. He, here's my thought. Does he reprogram IG-11 to be his counterpart? That's what I'm wondering also. Mm-hmm. Supposedly like how um, IG-88 is the same way with Boba Fett, supposedly, or the, the one theory that had gone out. That's but, what I thought. I'm looking at um, one of the two. Uh, this is a little bit different, but it's from IG-11. You notice one of the two blasters, one of them is just a regular blaster rifle or pistol of some sort. Right. You notice what you recognize it. Yeah. He's got an E11 stormtrooper blaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like, just like the action figures. The action figure had an E11 and then had the the long, the long rifle. Yeah. But it didn't have the the secondary front grip. So, but it ends with Mandalorian staring into the egg, which is now hovering with this baby Yoda like creature in it. That's 50 years old, but still an infant. Yeah. Right. So, but I love the artwork that they had in the uh, as yes. the credits were rolling. That was awesome. That mm-hmm. was fabulous. Um, so, what'd you guys initially think of Chapter One? I thought it was okay. <laughs> I like it. I love it. What's our rating system on this show? On this I, don't know. I like it. I give it four and a half out of five blasters. <laughs> this was what, well, it did everything a first show is supposed to do. You learn who the main character is. You find out what they're doing for the rest of the season. Yeah. This is only six or eight episodes. Eight, eight episodes. episodes. Second episode drops a couple of days sure. after we're recording. And yes. It's going to drop every Friday except for the week of the 20th, which will drop on Wednesday. Right. So, uh, Ken, how, how do you rate the show? I don't know. Probably close to a four, four and a half. It's almost perfect, but we we need, we need to come up with the actual rate. Womp rats. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> And walking lizards on a spit. <laughs> we need to come up with a rating system. We'll come up with someone new every week, depending on what show we're watching or what happened on the show. Right now, I just happen to be looking at the monkey lizards. Yeah. So, um, any final thoughts before we go? I can't believe yes. we're at that time. I have one final thought that is actually related to the Mandalorian. It was just there was this one weird thing that kept happening to me while I was watching it, and I don't know. Oh, my cat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Your cat, my dog. Hey. I, don't know. I don't know why this happened or, or what, but as I was watching The Mandalorian, I would keep rewinding it every, you know, if, when something cool would happen, I'd rewind it. But, oh, that was great. I get to see that again. And every time I rewound it, <laughs> some subtitles would pop up and then fade away. But the weird thing is the subtitles looked like they were in some kind of Scandinavian language or something. Yeah, I turned all the subtitles here. There's one, two, three, four. Just chalk it up to the to the glitches that, that they had on yeah. the first day. It was oh, so Lord. <laughs> different languages for subtitles. Wow. I'd hit the rewind and the, the subtitle would pop up and I was like, what is going on? After a while, I just got used to it, but it was just funny. And it was, I don't 
don't know. I don't know what language it was, but it was not English. <laughs> it was hoodies. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, what about you, Ken? Final thoughts? I don't know. This it was good. I like um, Disney Plus so far. I like what they've put on there for Star Wars. Can't wait to see what else is coming. One thing I want to know is when are we going to get the live action Aladdin? I still want to see that. <laughs> uh, I think you're about the only one. Yeah. I was excited about it, but I I um I heard the soundtrack and heard the way Will Smith was doing it, and he's not doing Robin Williams' genie. No, he's no, done. He's first. doing his own. I'm good with that. I'm good with that because it's the same story, but it's it's still enough different that it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. Well, I have nothing else except give the evacuation code signal. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Auto-stabilizer, Gold 6. Anybody?